Good afternoon to our wellness expert. Time for your weekly wellness check. Find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut. Here is Laura DeSanctis, who joins us now on 640 Toronto. Laura, good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. Okay, a lot of us, a lot of people have been battling the so-called quarantine 15, looking to drop a few pounds, lose some weight. And there's a new study, out, Laura, we want to talk about here this afternoon, comparing going into a, a calorie deficit versus fasting. What's it telling us? Well, I think a lot of people get confused when we talk about fasting. So I wanted to kind of define what fasting is and um, talking about restricting calories. So really the goal with fasting is to induce metabolic change. The goal is not to just restrict calories, but a lot of people do that when it comes to intermittent fasting. So if we explain it in the easiest terms, calories do matter, but they matter within a a restricted kind of window or time period. Um, Have you actually ever tried intermittent fasting, Jeff? Oh, I sure have. Yes. Uh, Actually, I still kind of do it. Uh, I mean, I sort of stop eating. The latest is like eight at night, and I really don't start eating again until after the TV show, like 10, 10, 30 in the morning. So that's kind of my fasting window every day. But that's supposed to bring on, I'm sorry, metabolic changes? Metabolic change. So what's really happening, especially if someone's really new to fasting. So during the actual fasting period, there's like the short window of time when your metabolism increases. So... um, that means that it will be faster and increase metabolic rate, meaning that your body's going to have a heightened adrenal response to food and your body's going to be uh, burning more calories when you're resting. So this isn't necessarily going to happen for everybody, but it is going to happen, especially if you're new to fasting. Um, People that don't really adapt to fasting, they can increase their metabolic rate when your body's trying to find food. So it can be a little bit tricky because people continually ask me, do calories matter? So of course they matter, 110%, but it's also the time period that matters as well and the types of foods that we're eating. So let's say we're doing a 16-hour fast and we eat within an eight-hour window. If we don't eat enough calories within that eight-hour window, there is a good chance that we could lose weight and there's a good chance that your metabolism could slow down due to something called adaptothermogenesis. So that means your body can adapt to the amount of calories you take in. So depending if you're new to fasting or how long you've been fasting, some people don't lose weight depending on their types of food that they're eating and uh, the amount of their window that they're actually fasting in. Okay, this is so fascinating. So if your body (laughs) adapts, then do we need to constantly, I don't know, be tricking it in order to maintain our weight or to even lose weight? Yeah, so the goal really, that's a great question. The goal of fasting is not to just restrict calories, but it's to drive your metabolic change, to drive your body to be able to know how to use other fuel substances so that a calorie isn't just supposed to be a calorie. Um, It's to trick the body, really. So every time you're not eating, you're in a fat-adapted state, meaning that uh, you're a fasting-adapted individual, and you could potentially burn more of the right energy, so not just fat. Um, So calories really matter, but it's also if you're getting at a baseline, let's say um, you want to reduce your calories by, I don't know, 10%. You need to make sure that you're doing this over a certain period of time. So let's say a month to two months, track that as well as the type of food and the calories that you're eating. So a lot of people will say, okay, well, I tried intermittent fasting. It didn't work for me. It really depends on, you know, how many calories you're depriving yourself of, the exercise. Is there a big dramatic shift in your metabolism? Because your overall metabolic rate should be changing, um, but that does take time. 
See, I think that was my problem early on in the pandemic. Instead of decreasing, I actually increased my calories by 10%. (laughs) I mean, you know what, Jeff, you and me both. And I think really people need to realize, like, what is the goal when you're trying to do intermittent fasting? Like anything, slow and steady really wins the race. And when you gradually reduce calories uh, over time, uh, you will find that, like, let's say if you want to reduce your calories by 10%. So if you're eating a 2,000 calorie diet per day and you're reducing it by 10%, you should notice over a period of time, if you are fasting, that you will lose weight. But again, the goal isn't necessarily with fasting to lose weight. It's also to burn different types of energy as fuel. You know, subconsciously, I think I've been doing, as we've been talking here, I've been thinking about this. I mean, I do intermittent fasting, like I said, kind of between 8 p.m. and 10 a.m. every day. And I guess I've thought that, okay, if I'm not eating during those hours, And then I've got this eating window, if you will. Well, I've only got so many hours to eat, so that will keep me in a regular, uh, I don't know, caloric intake or calorie uh, deficit. So do the two kind of go hand in hand? Of course. Of course, they go hand in hand. Again, it's the type of calories that you're eating. Um, If you're eating within that same window every day because you want to be consistent. Um, But every person is different, right? We spoke about this many times. Everyone's body is going to adapt differently. Uh, We've seen like on those shows like The Biggest Loser, some of the contestants were severely deprived uh, of calories and had severe exercise uh, regimes. So there was a dramatic shift in their metabolism. But Overall, their metabolic rate had decreased, let's say, by 700 calories, and then it just stayed there. So you want to make sure that you're uh, within, you're adapting your time period. Let's say if you did intermittent fasting for two months, that you're consistent with the times, you're consistent with what you're eating, and you're consistent with reducing your calorie intake. You don't want to dramatically reduce your calories by uh, 20, 25, 30%, because that's a lot for the body as well. Here with our wellness expert, Laura DeSanctis. Also this week, Laura, we wanted to talk about something coming up next week, which is Smoothie Day. And I think, I mean, I follow you on Instagram. Everybody else should as well. And I'm pretty sure I see a new smoothie recipe on your stories, if it's not every day, every other day. So I take it you're a big fan of smoothies. I love smoothies. Smoothies are my jam. Yes. So June 21st is National Smoothie Day. Um, So I want to quickly touch on that, especially for the summer, because I feel like it's such an easy thing to make. It's so convenient. If you don't have a lot of time to make breakfast in the morning or lunch, you can make a smoothie or grab it on the go. There's um, a company called Aviv, Aviv Smoothies, where they actually already have like the pre-made blender-free smoothies, or you just pop in the cubes and you add in your plant-based liquids. Or if you want to make your own smoothie, you can definitely do that too. And it doesn't have to be all fancy because I know a lot of people say to me, Laura, I'm not a nutritionist. You know, how do I make a really good smoothie or how do I make a balanced smoothie? And chances are you probably have everything uh, that you need in your fridge. So you're going to want to have a liquid, ideally something plant-based, so a nut milk or water or coconut. And then you really want to get your greens in for the day. So add in a handful or two of greens, either uh, romaine or any type of lettuce, even like a mixed lettuce, a mixed greens, a field mix, uh, iceberg, bok choy. And surprisingly, you can even add cucumber or broccoli. And I really encourage people when they're making their smoothies to add their greens because that's one of the best ways that you can consume your greens. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, this morning I made myself a spinach smoothie and all it was was a handful of spinach, some protein powder, almond milk, and a few ice cubes. And I think like so many things when it comes to uh, eating, sometimes a simple is best, right? It's so, yeah, simple is best. I mean, you can certainly add fruit. I think people add too many fruits, too many bananas and berries. And one thing I wanted to note is that if you add, let's say, a cup of um, frozen fruit, 
it may lead to some gas and bloating. And what happens is the fruit's going to ferment in your system, making it hard to digest. So you really want to load in on the greens, add a handful or two of the greens, and then add half a cup of the fruit to uh, add some of that natural sugar. And then I don't know if you use any flaxseed, Jeff, but flaxseed or sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, those are a great source of like vitamin E and protein and healthy fat as well. Yeah, I'll throw in chia seed occasionally. Yep, that that works too. And can I ask you, uh, are all fruits created equal when it comes to making our smoothies or if we're worried about uh, our sugar intake, even though it's natural occurring sugars with a fruit, are are some fruits better than others? Um, Some fruits are higher in sugar than others. So I would suggest going, if you're concerned about your sugar intake, go for a low glycemic index berry. So blueberries, raspberries, even strawberries are a great option too. Uh, bananas are great, um, but they do have a little bit more sugar. So watch out for that. The same thing with mangoes. But if you have half a cup uh, in the morning with and making sure that you're adding your greens, that it shouldn't be a problem. And then, of course, you mentioned this, Jeff, protein. So adding a plant-based, one scoop of a plant-based protein is also really helpful as well, making sure you get your protein intake for the day. Yeah, because do you have to be really careful? You and I have talked about this in the past when it comes to those uh, nutrition bars and how quickly they can become really candy bars instead of nutrition bars. And does the same hold true for our smoothie, depending on what we're putting in it? Yeah, I think the same thing holds true for our smoothies, especially um, I prefer to have plant-based protein over whey. Whey causes a lot of bloating and gas, so be cautious of the whey protein. And then also your nut butter. So a lot of people think that they can add on a lot of peanut butter, but peanut butter is actually not a nut butter. It's a legume. So when we're talking about added sugars, a lot of conventional peanut butters have extra sugar. They have icing sugar and hydrogenated oil. So watch out for that as well, or else your smoothie is going to be loaded with sugar. All right. Well, cheers to you, Laura DeSantis. Thank you so much. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, Jeff. All right. There's Laura DeSantis, our wellness expert. Find her on Instagram at Go With Your Gut.